Woi woi, woi woi, woi woi. Then it then go on the radio again. Yo, if you wanna smoke free weed, go board yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go board yourself, make your knowledge increase. Go board yourself, go board yourself. Hey, all right. Welcome to episode number 108 of Grow Bud Yourself. We got a great show for you guys. Uh, Our guest is Willie Christie. He is a cultivator and musician of Kukuni Music and talking about growing and music and more. Uh, We've got a grow tip on the easiest way to get growing now, um, plus answers to your grow questions and much more. Uh, So please stick around. We got a great show. Episode 108, sponsored by Seeds Here Now, Sweet Leaf Nutrients, Excelsior Extracts, and Prime Superior Inoculant. Stick around. Episode 108 is coming at you. If you're a grower or you're thinking about starting your first crop, then you need to know about Sweet Leaf Plant Nutrients. Sweet Leaf has an incredible line of organic fertilizers and, of course, their legacy line that includes organic and some synthetic fertilizers. Check them out at sweetleaf.com. That's S-U-I-T-E-L-E-A-F.com. The code DANKO15 gets you 15% off everything at Sweet Leaf. That's 15% off their signature line of nutrients as well as essentials like complete indoor hydroponic grow tent kits and grow lights, plus awesome apparel, backpacks, and much more. If you join our Patreon, you'll get access to additional codes worth 20 and even 25% off. Patreon supporters also receive free Sweet Leaf nutrients just for signing up. Sweet Leaf provides all the tools necessary for the modern gardener. Check them out at sweetleaf.com and remember the code DANKO15. All right, welcome back, and uh, we have a great episode 108 for you guys. Our uh, thank you, as always, goes to DJ Jacques and Winstrong for the incredible reggae tune that opens up the show. And uh, yeah, man, we got a good one for you guys. Mike, how you feeling? Uh, doing well so far. I think this is going to be a, a fun show. We're going to talk about um, our seed giveaway a little later in the show. We also have that excellent interview coming up. And uh, as always, some grow information for you people listening at home or wherever you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, we've been doing some grow classes here in New York City. Uh, we just came off uh, grow class at Work and Roll a wonderful spot in Midtown Manhattan uh, where you can go and, and, and it's like a, we work for weed, a weed work, (laughs) (laughs) which we love. And uh, hopefully we'll be doing some more uh, grow classes. We've got one coming up March 16th over there and uh, we want to do some live podcasts there as well. So any of our uh, listeners in the tri-state area, please uh, keep your eyes open and your ears peeled for a live Grow Bud Yourself episodes being uh, being recorded right in front of your face. <laughs> and those uh, those grow classes you mentioned, that, that's something that our listeners could potentially uh, view at home. Is that right? Yeah, we want to do uh, virtual, uh, virtual classes as well where people can actually just tune in from anywhere. So you could be in Australia or the UK or anywhere in the world. And actually benefit from uh, 
from the grow class. So we're hoping uh, people will sign up for that as well. Uh, very excited. We'll send out uh, links for people that uh, are private links for people that, uh, that purchase those tickets. Uh, and that should be very exciting. And it's a wonderful way um, basically to attend a class you may not, you know, obviously be able to attend because you're not here in New York city at the time that it happens. So um, that'll be fun. And we're excited for that. Um, what else we got going on? We're going to have more information on how you could uh, join uh, on those classes, get tickets for those. But uh, maybe we should take a quick little peek at what's happening in the world of cannabis news. Yes, absolutely. What's what's happening out there? Well, we had a couple of sort of interesting stories this week. Um, believe it or not, a new poll that was uh, uh, released by the Coalition for Cannabis Policy, Education and Regulation, it polled a... Uh, Republican voters, so likely 2024 GOP presidential primary voters, and it found that more than two-thirds of them, 68% of these Republican voters, support legalizing cannabis. Very interesting. Absolutely. Uh, and nonpartisan, for once. Right. <laughs> Here's an issue everyone can agree upon. <laughs> I mean, everyone who isn't making a living based on you know, prohibition, right? The prison industrial complex <laughs> you know, and, and everything else. Yeah. And like, you know, the, uh, the treatment centers and things like that, that, you know, are flooded with weed cases when they really should be, uh, dealing with some, some much more, uh, uh, addictive issues, I would say. Absolutely. But, but you've been saying this for years that this is not necessarily a, a, a political issue. This is something that everybody can get behind legalizing cannabis. Yeah. I mean, if you talk to regular average everyday people, whatever side of the political spectrum that they're on, uh, they all pretty much agree that the war on drugs is a failure. Uh, even cops, I mean, even judges, I mean, when you get them person to person, they're 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 incredibly candid in many cases about the failures of the system but many of them also benefit from the system so it's like they'll tell you to your face one thing but then they'll go and do completely opposite thing when it comes to their employment and so really it's just a matter of the the regular people the average joes and and janes getting together and saying you know this is not left or right or Democrat or Republican or anything else. I mean, this is just an obviously failed policy and we need to stop it immediately and come up with alternatives, uh, which are clearly uh, legalization and treatment and basically, uh, you know, separating cannabis and, and hash and, and, and psychedelics completely from hard drugs, you know, in, in particular, and also, uh, basically using treatment options for people who are in situations where they're in addictions and they're suffering from a disease. Uh, and rather than jailing that person, you treat that person, you know, and that's when it comes to hard drugs and, and alcohol and things like that. But when it comes to cannabis and hash and psychedelics, let's just completely separate that from this equation because these are actually plant medicines and these are help, helpful and they're he here to help us and heal us. And uh, certainly, obviously, if people have an issue with them, that's, you can deal with that as well. But uh, jail, incarceration, 
uh, police action, all of that is completely unnecessary when it comes to uh, any of these substances. And in particular, of course, our favorite substances, the, uh, the cannabinoid and uh, psilocybin side of things. <laughs> so yeah, man, I, I just, uh, it, it used to be, you know, kind of a thing where they would say in the sixties, you know, hippies smoke weed and this is, you know, or, 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 or the undesirables in general, let's say hippies, you know, whoever, whoever was deemed undesirable at that time. And, you know, obviously will include minorities, uh, in that equation as well, because this all started as a, 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 a racist kind of way to uh, to go up against, uh, you know, Mexicans and blacks. I mean, that's ultimately the obvious answer to all this. But let's set that aside and just say we, everyone knows someone who's a consumer of these of these things. And, and it's throughout society, uh, certainly not a partisan thing, certainly not. Uh, right or left, um, you know, people know my politics. <laughs> it's not, I wear it on my sleeve, but like I said, this is one thing we can all agree upon, uh, that, uh, cannabis is certainly no threat, uh, to society and, and no reason to, uh, throw people in jail or arrest them or find them or any kind of anything. So, um, yeah, man, I, I do think, uh, in this time where everything is so divisive, here's something we can almost all agree on. Yeah, absolutely. So, so very impressive results. Nearly 70% of Republicans or uh, Republican voters favor legalizing cannabis and going from that positive poll to another positive poll, this time in New Hampshire. And a little later in the show, uh, we do a quick little breakdown of the states in the Northeast that allow uh, home cultivation it's no secret that of the eight states that make up the Northeast, only one does not have any form of legal cannabis. And that, of course, is New Hampshire. It's become an island unto itself in the Northeast. However, a new survey from the University of New Hampshire found very strong support for legalizing recreational cannabis in the Granite State. Now, this poll has found that 7 in 10, so 70%, of New Hampshire voters support legalizing cannabis. That uh, support is up 22% since a similar survey in 2013. So in 10 years, it's gained 22%. 70% of people in New Hampshire favor legalizing cannabis. It's time for the Granite State, the uh, live free or die state, to finally legalize cannabis. Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny having grown up in New England, New Hampshire was always thought of as like, you know, the the last bastion of uh, that type of politics, even though, like you said, it's it's live free or die. It's all about, you know, leave me alone, libertarian kind of philosophy. At the same time, you know, next door neighbor, Vermont <laughs> was known, you know, in a completely different way. Uh, the Green Mountain State and very much lots of growers, um, part of the culture. If you go to Burlington, I mean, that's where fish comes from. That's where, you know, you go to Nectars for the for the disco fries and, <laughs> you know, you just groove out and enjoy some jam bands. Um, just across the border, the river, 
uh, is New Hampshire, which for whatever reason has always been kind of that last bastion of, uh, of this kind of strange politics in New England. <laughs> and they are really now at this point surrounded by legal uh, cannabis. I mean, on all sides from Canada to Maine to uh, Vermont to uh, Massachusetts, every, every border they share uh, is shared with a, a completely legal uh, state or country. And so it just seems strange that in this place where the sort of anti-government interference, anti any kind of, you know, uh, government in in general at all, <laughs> and yet they would be somehow still pro prohibition of cannabis. It, it, it's always seemed like this weird anomaly, um, but you still hear country music up there, you know, like <laughs> deep <laughs> south with snow. It's weird, but <laughs> kind of, yeah. In this weird way, I think you know something about that, like politics of like leave me alone. Uh, left out the whole like leave me alone if I want to smoke weed thing, you know, and I think maybe that has to do with, you know, Vermont and Maine being their closest neighbors and being sort of much more progressive when it comes to cannabis. Um, but I feel bad because there's great people living in New Hampshire and they deserve legal cannabis just as much as anybody else. And now they're this island <laughs> surrounded. Um, but clearly, as you mentioned, the polling is such that like, you know, they, they want it too. And uh, I applaud, I don't do this often, but I applaud my more conservative uh, uh, colleagues and, and peers for, uh, for speaking truth to power when it comes to those polls. And, and again, it's not a partisan issue. Cannabis, it's not just hippies and liberals and left-wingers. It's, it's everybody. And it's gotten this reputation, uh, but that really is because the only people willing to speak out over all those years um, were the people who were the most outspoken. And therefore, uh, it became sort of associated with a certain type of person or culture. But the reality is people in all walks of life uh, use cannabis medicinally, recreationally, and otherwise. And um if there's some, anything we can all agree upon, it's let's not lock those people up. Well, fair enough. Um, so we have time. We'll do one more uh, story here. And we had a couple of feel-good stories. The uh, the GOP voters supporting cannabis. The um, New Hampshire residents supporting cannabis. Now we go to Oklahoma. And uh, for those of you who aren't aware, Oklahoma, kind of amazingly, is about to vote on an adult-use uh, bill. So... Oklahomans are going to decide if they want recreational cannabis in the state there. And it's looking good. Polling is looking good. However, the uh, uh, local district attorney, Greg Mashburn, believes that giving more access to marijuana is going to increase violence. So he is backing this new campaign in Oklahoma, and it is called the Protect Our Kids number 820 campaign. And it opposes, as you might guess, state question 820, which would legalize cannabis. And if I may just quote Mr. Mashburn here, he says, law enforcement does not want that dirty money, responding, of course, to the money that legalized cannabis would raise. Uh, Mashburn goes on to say, quote, 
No one is out here killing anyone over a Coors Light, but it happens on a regular basis across our state that people will kill each other over a little bit of marijuana. End quote. So when it comes to the question of uh, which is more dangerous, alcohol or marijuana, clearly uh, District Attorney Greg Mashburn believes marijuana is far more dangerous. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, what a crazy argument, too. It's I a mean, blast from the past, it, right? It, it feels like old school prohibition. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's ridiculous. And like, I mean, the whole idea, it's like, People, when alcohol was illegal, people did kill each other over oh, alcohol. Yeah. I mean, that was how the mob got it was sort started. Sort of a big thing. I mean, yeah. that's how organized crime became a thing. Is pro- they took advantage of prohibition in order to make tax-free money by illegally selling people alcohol. And if someone got in the way of those illegal alcohol sales, they got rubbed out. A Tommy gun, <laughs> right? Yeah, and I, I, again, if you made tobacco illegal today people would be killing each other over cartons of cigarettes it's not rocket science demand creates supply and if there's a demand someone's going to jump in there and 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 be the supply you know recently uh i noticed there was a complaints here in new york about a legal dispensary opening uh on 125th street right across from the apollo and the people were complaining saying you know what kind of message does this does this send to the kids if we have legal weed available on 125th street and i hate to break it to those people but <laughs> legal weed uh, weed has been available on 125th street for since the 40s <laughs> since mez mesro was out there selling nickel bags that's where i used to okay? go get my weed in college <laughs> <laughs> exactly and 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 so I mean, and they're literally talking about this legal dispensary opening on a street where there's a bunch of illegal or I should say unlicensed uh, cannabis shops available, like smoke shops and places where you can buy cannabis. And those places are not carting any of these kids that go in. Uh, Meanwhile, this licensed legal space has to card people by law and has to test their products and has to make sure that, you know, people are adults and and all of that. And so it just, I don't know, it just seems so strange when people are still opposed to something that's so obviously going to happen and, and not a bad thing. Uh, and as far as dirty money, (laughs) I mean, we're talking about billions and billions of dollars. This is not dirty money, you know, Massachusetts, since they started, I think it's 5 billion something dollars, Colorado, California, these are places where, they're using the taxes from cannabis to fix the roads and pay for schools and all kinds of things. So I would not consider that dirty money. Uh, it's taxed, it's legal, and it's not going anywhere. So uh, my recommendation to those people is just to give up. All the prohibitions need to give up immediately. Surrender. We, we should also just mention, because uh, you were talking about the dispensary uptown here in New York, uh, with a good, strong social equity program, those businesses also have to be minority-owned and owned by people who have been impacted negatively by the war on drugs. So um, it's sort of a way of giving back to the community, and I, I just can't see it as a negative thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the problem is that we're held back by – uh, organized religion and 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 this, these certain ideas that we need to shake off, like you know, 
nationalism and organized religion and, and things that just stand in the way of our evolutionary progress. Like Greg Mashburn, county district attorney in Oklahoma. He doesn't want to benefit from any of that dirty marijuana money. So let's hope that he doesn't. But we hope that it passes there in Oklahoma. Good luck to all of you guys there. And uh, that is a little look at what's going on in the world of weed. But we have a really exciting interview coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have uh, Willie Christie. He is a cultivator and also a musician. Uh, and it's always interesting when we can see uh, kind of how those two things relate to each other. And uh, the music is amazing. It's Kukuni music, if you want to check it out online. And he is a grower who actually uh, relocated to a place where he could cultivate freely. And uh, we're going to talk to him about some proprietary strains and a lot of other stuff, uh, as well as cannabis for inspiration, for music, and uh, cannabis for healing and all kinds of uh, important things. So uh, without further ado... Why don't we take a break and we will be back with our interview with Willie Christie. Do you want to take your cultivation program to the next level and grow higher quality, naturally healthier plants? Our new sponsor, Prime Superior, can get you there with simple, safe, and effective products. Whether you're starting with seeds, clones, or your plants are already established, Prime Superior has a product for you. And best of all, you don't have to change anything in your grow program. Just add Prime Superior. Do you want the best biological for cannabis growing? Prime Superior's proprietary strain of Bovaria bassania increases terpenes, cannabinoids, and yield. Inoculate early with Prime Superior and you will see faster germination and larger root mass, which will help you propel your nutrient uptake. Faster growth and more photosynthesis means higher yields and more terpenes and cannabinoids. Plus, Prime Superior has the world's first biological cloning honey to help improve your cloning success. Now's the time to try Prime Superior. Grow Bud Yourself listeners can use the code PS420 for 15% off their entire order at primesuperior.com. So don't hesitate, inoculate, and visit primesuperior.com to learn more. All right, welcome back. Uh, we have a special guest for you guys today. Uh, our guest is Willie Christie. He's a cannabis cultivator and a musician and a breeder as well. Welcome to the show, Willie. Hi, guys. How's it going? Great, great. Happy to have you on the show. And uh, why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself, how you, uh, how you got interested in, in cannabis and music and how this all sort of developed for you uh, in the earliest stages of your uh, life and career. Okay, cool. Um, so I'm from Kansas, born and raised for uh, 27 years. I was out there, and basically, as soon as I moved out, um, it was either like work a lot, save up a lot. For you know, for me at that point, it seemed like for nothing. So. Uh, and it was either that or work as little as possible. Uh, and I found a really good, happy medium uh, in growing cannabis because, like, one, I was saving. You know, in Kansas, it's probably still $60 an eighth. It's still illegal there. Uh, and so $60 just 
good, bad, it didn't matter because that was pretty much all you could get. And so even the worst weed that you're growing for free is still free. And so that, that was sort of where the uh, growing started. I just sort of fell in love with the plant and it was way too expensive, cost prohibitive. And I'm also just like a hands-on type of guy. And, and right around that same time, uh, I decided that I wanted to be a musician as well. I had a lot of like really formative uh, psychedelic experiences, honestly, that I feel like opened me up to like the possibility and also just like really the desire to, you know, make music and kind of just be like a, you know, like a homesteader type of vibe, just self-sufficient as possible. I brewed beer and grew weed and, you know, had a garden and everything out there specifically the growing cannabis part, <clears throat> it started kind of making me realize that I should not be risking my livelihood just for like an innocent hobby. It was just not worth the prospect of going to jail for years and years just for cultivation. Because I think in Kansas City, it's like, if you're growing any amount, they can hit you with intent to sell and distribution, you know, like they, they can really hit you with a, more than just the pretty harmless four, five, six plant cultivation. Uh, so that's when I decided to move out to LA and that just sort of inspired me, you know, seeing everybody else on top of their game out here and being in California where the cannabis industry is just so much more, you know, robust, but also destigmatized and acceptable, you know, that, that's sort of, and that leads me to here, you know, I met, uh, Zoe and Mike through liquid culture, um, submitted my album to it and they got, you know, they got involved and I've been really happy with working with them and my band and I have been together for over almost a year and a half now. We had a really great rehearsal last night and I mean, that's pretty much, that's pretty much how it, how it got me here. Yeah. It seems like, you know, a lot of people, start off in places where uh, the, the the laws are just so unfavorable and, and then end up moving somewhere and uh, the, the creative creativity is unleashed uh, not just uh, for cultivation but for other things like music and uh, all kinds of things so uh, w- once you got out to California uh, you moved to LA uh, were you immediately uh, starting to grow at that point? Uh, were you working in the cannabis industry? How, how did you get sort of involved into uh, like to a level where you're actually now breeding your own proprietary strains? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good question. I, I moved here and I stayed in my friend's apartment who actually my first proprietary strain really is named after his name was, is Charlie and the strain is a, uh, I call it Chuck's Berry because he, uh, he's, he's also from Kansas. He kind of is the one that brought me into the blues. Literally. I was just like a white dude with a guitar. I knew some like church covers and Foo Fighters songs, you know, and then my buddy Charlie was like, Oh no, you need to learn to play the blues, you know, to jam and improvise with other players. Um, and so that's why I called the strain Chuck Berry, but I stayed with him for the first year and a half and, he was in an apartment, so that was a no-go. But I did start working in the cannabis industry immediately. My first job was B2B delivery. So it was just like 
you know, boxes and boxes of edibles and drinks, you know, delivering those to dispensaries from San Luis Obispo down to like south of San Diego. So in Inland Empire, you know, I was all around, which was nice. And it wasn't until I got into my third spot about two years, two and a half years into living here uh, when it was a friend that I worked with at that first company, her twin sister had a house that their dad owned. She had just moved out to move to San Francisco. And she was like, my sister's living in the house all by herself. And it's like a five bedroom house or something. So I was able to use one of those closets in the bedroom to grow a couple plants in like a two by four tent, had uh, a couple plants growing outside. And uh, I bred in Kansas, but you know, the difference in genetics and availability in California versus Kansas is like, you know, I had a, a purple strain in Kansas that just would hurt me every time. And, but it was beautiful and purple, but you know, I had no idea what it was here. I can just walk to a store and buy a pretty certain, it's like, you know, GG four clone or, you know, whatnot. So whatever breeding I'd done in Kansas, unfortunately I didn't get to really bring anything over. I had one crazy sativa and that was about it. Um, but yeah, I I brought it. Um, I just started once I had the genetics here, once I saw that, like you didn't even have to do anything and the cannabis was coming out eight times better than any of the bag seeds I'd ever done. Even online seeds I'd bought, you know, just California genetics were, so much better and easier to work with. So that gave me the confidence to just kind of start, you know, pollen chucking, if you will. Now, um, you're also uh, transitioned into using a living soil. Can you tell me a little bit about um, how that came about and, 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 and what that actually means to, 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 for our listeners as well? Yeah. Yeah. My weed mentor, chef Holden Jagger out here, he's, he was into Hugel culture and he grew outside. So it was natural living soil, which for the listeners, it's just uh, sort of like taking it as close to a natural environment as you can inside where instead of either a sterile medium like cocoa choir, choir or um, uh, hydroponic or rock wool or something you are bringing in not even just a bag of potted soil. Like you are intentionally letting microbes cook, you know, you're, you're bringing in microorganisms and, you know, beneficial bacteria and fungi and just sort of as much, you know, let nature do as much of the work as possible. That's, that's sort of what I see the living philosophy being is like, you know, when you've got a giant bed of soil with, you know, maybe, maybe all the zinc or nitrogen is in the bottom right corner of the pot because the roots have, of the rest of the plants have already kind of tapped that central, uh, nutrient resource. But what just one of the things that living soil does that I find fascinating is like, it's capable with like that fungal network inside of there, the mycorrhizal network. Uh, it's able to sense a plant searching for, you know, like, Oh, I need magnesium. And like the entire fungal network of the soil bed, if you've, you know, if you've cared for it, ideally, uh, it will then be like, Oh, there's magnesium in the bottom right corner and physically transfer the nutrients right to the roots. So 
not only are the plants healthier and thriving, but you can grow multiple cultivars in one bed, which I think is really interesting too, with absolutely no, you know, I'm not having to like feed one or the other. It's just, I just amend twice, you know, at the end when I harvest and right before flower. And it's, yeah, I, I, the results speak for themselves. The terpenes are better in my opinion, just significantly better. And it it's easier and it's, it does get a little messy with the bugs, but that's, that's part of it. That's part of the fun. Absolutely. Now, um, what role does cannabis play in your, uh, inspiration for the music? I mean, it's obvious listening to the music that, uh, you know, it's, it's by smokers for smokers, but, uh, tell me a little bit about just how you would describe, uh, your artistic process and, and what, what the music sounds like to people who, who haven't heard it. Okay. Um, I think that, I mean, the music would easily be described as like, you know, Radiohead, Tame Impala, sort of, if, if you like jazzy alternative rock, uh, with like an electronic tip on it, I I think that Kukuni you know, that's, that's pretty much right up that alley, just psychedelic experimental, uh, but also rooted in rock rooted in jazz. Um, I think that's, that's how I'd describe it. And as far as cannabis goes, whether it's trying to, you know, soberly trying to recreate the sounds of being high or, uh, just, just smoking. I like to smoke to kind of change my perspective. If I'm stuck in a song or something, if I can't get my head out of a spot or if I'm, if I'm just like, I just work straight for six hours on a piece and I just kind of want to hear it with fresh ears. It's, it's a really, that, that's sort of my favorite way to do it is maybe a little high making it, but as soon as I'm like at a good spot to kind of just reference or edit or check, you know, kind of, you know, when you're stuck making a song, you kind of want that. Oh, okay. What is somebody else who hasn't seen this yet? What are they going to think about it? So I feel like cannabis gives me a little bit of that where, cause I, yeah, there's, there's a lot of tropes about, you know, people smoking weed and then making music and then listening to it the next day and just being like, Oh man, what <laughs> I thought I was on some Mozart shit, you know? <laughs> um, and so I, I think that for me, cannabis not only just like gets me out of any creative rut, but it does inspire. Like I can just smoke weed and sit there with a notebook and be inspired to, you know, your free association. It just goes through the, roof when you're high. And so for any creative process, I feel like there's, there's pros and there's cons, you know, I get sleepy, uh, and that's hard to work through. So it's, it's more about just managing, you know, okay, I'm working, working, working. Now I get to smoke and kind of check things and depending on where I'm at, you know, I can either get lost in a loop or, you know, call it a day. Absolutely. Uh, tell me a little bit. We, t- we we touched a little bit on the uh, proprietary strains, and uh, tell me a little bit about your uh, breeding uh, philosophy and technique, and and what those strains. I mean, uh, I guess they haven't hit the market yet, but uh, they will be uh, in in the near future. So, uh, tell me a little bit about that process and what those uh, entail. 
So I'll say it all started with a bag seed that I got out here um, at a secret sesh in, I don't even remember where, but a guy had a nug of this plant called Sunday, uh, or it was Rainbow Driver, which was a bag seed from Archive Seed Bank. It was uh, rainbow belts crossed with um, Sunday Driver, and there was a seed in that. So I just, you know, I really thought the the nose on the bud was incredible. The structure was beautiful. And I just asked him for the seed and there was only one seed in it and it was viable and it was female. And it ended up being, uh, I, I say that it's my strain because we don't know the dad and you know, that's sort of where OG Kush started too. Um, and it started with rainbow road. That's it's, it got tested at 32%. Uh, it was like 3.7 something percent terpenes too. So it's just like an incredibly, you know, sweet candy orange. Uh, it's, it's just so loud and sticky and beautiful. And I accidentally let a male GDP run a little too long as I'm sure any of us that have ever tried growing males in the same tent have experienced. I got about a thousand seeds off of that. And, um, you know, I was just kind of bummed, more bummed than anything. But then I realized that, you know, that some of these are going to be viable. And I grew out, you know, every cross that I'd accidentally made. And one of the decent ones was the GDP Rainbow Road. I'm calling, I call that one Purple Rainbow right now. And uh, to touch on like philosophy, for example, the first generation had a good nose, but it looked dumb, you know? And so I'm not, I don't feel comfortable releasing anything or selling anything until it's, you know, tried and true. And so with the purple rainbow, I'm, I actually have the F5 seeds, uh, maturing right now in a little solo cup plant. So I've got, um, an F5 hybrid that's, you know, just about ready. I'm really excited. Um, so my philosophy is definitely tested out, you know, like, no, no shade to Masonic or any of those guys, but like, I, I just grew out one of his strains that, that it was full female on top and I was running, you know, 90, a 90 cup pheno hunt in a tent and three or four of them just had a whole skirt of bananas underneath the top nug that I just did not see. And it ended up all, everything got seeded and none of those seeds are worth growing because they have that you know, tendency to put male flowers out. So that's pretty, that was pretty much a bummer. Uh, but sometimes, you know, you get lucky on that F1 and the Chuck's Berry was one of those where it was a purple rainbow crossed with this wild, I got a Max Luricane from, I want to say it was like Trinity Genetics. I don't remember their name, but you know, Mac one crossed with Sluricane. So it's just needless to say that anything that that touches becomes fruity and frosty like you've never seen so i got a purple rainbow cross with max luricane and it came out just it ended up being one of the grapiest berriest strains i'd ever seen or grown with like usually you know with purple punch the berry terps are they love to just go away they love to disappear you know those those purple strains just get dried out immediately. I know that like Jungle Boys cultivates a lot of those just for extract specifically because the terpenes are so volatile, but for some reason the Chuck Berry just stays grapey for a long time. Um, 
I, and I crossed a Dr. Grinspawn with a uh, purple rainbow as well, which Dr. Grinspawn's that wild 90 plus, you know, 110 day sativa. And the buds are essentially just bracts, you know, there's, there's almost no bud to it whatsoever. So I crossed that with a purple rainbow just for fun and ended up with a, it smells like a hazy IPA, just a hundred percent hop grapefruit, you know, really funky sativa and with beautiful effects too. Um, and that's, you know, I've got some, the mean mug hybrids happening, which, you know, that's the new, the new root beer. Uh, I'm really excited to work with that. And cause I, I, I've been spreading the word of root beer for almost a year now. Cause that is, if you can get your hands on that, if you smoke it, grow it, whatever, because it really does smell like root beer and it's, it's like no other plant I've ever grown before. Well, that's awesome. Uh, now having been a grower for over a decade, uh, what do you think are some of the biggest mistakes that beginner growers make, uh, early on when they're getting started and how they can maybe avoid, uh, some of those pitfalls? I, I think the easiest way to kill a plant is to show is to love it too much. You know, overwatering is probably the easiest way to kill a plant. I feel like most people, uh, Oh, you know, they're like, I've got this plant. I'm not going to let it die. I'm going to water it every day. I'm going to take care of it and baby it. And really, these plants are weeds, essentially. You know, they can thrive and neglect just about. And so I always I always say, you know, make sure the soil's moist when you put the plant in there and then wait for the plant to tell you that it needs water, you know, wait for those leaves to actually droop down after a couple of days and then you're good to go. Um, and, and temperature control, obviously some people will get excited and put a light in a closet with no airflow and they wonder why, you know, the 110 degree closet is cooking all their seedlings. Um, but I think overwatering has got to be the number one killer and the easiest, most understandable mistake to make as well. So whenever I give out clones and seeds, I'm just like, you know, don't overwater it, but also don't be afraid to kill it. I think that's the other thing is just, just don't be afraid, you know, just do it. You know, if, if, especially if, if you already are growing tomatoes or anything else like that, then you can grow weed. But uh, if you aren't growing that, I will warn you that they say growing cannabis is the gateway drug to gardening as well. So keep that in mind yeah absolutely that, that, my interest in plants and uh, other plants all came from growing cannabis and now i have uh orchids and african violets and all wow. kinds of different uh plants uh you know house plants and uh i got pretty obsessed actually uh, with that and then knowing how to clone plants of course like you know you just keep propagating and making more and more and more so it is very fun and and uh Definitely an addictive hobby for sure. They say uh, um, cannabis isn't addictive, but growing it can be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, now, how can people find out more about uh, your music and basically follow along, like websites, uh, uh, social media, and things like that, to learn more and, and to actually hear uh, Kukuni songs? Uh, I would say the the band website is kukunimusic.com. dot um, My personal Instagram is at Willie Christie, that's Willie with a Y, Christie with an I-E and a C-H to start. So C-H-R-A-S-T-I-E. 
Uh, and then the band Instagram is at Kukuni Music. And then I also have a personal cannabis page as well, just to not inundate all my friends with cannabis stuff all the time. And that is at Willhouse69, W-I-L-L-H-O-U-S-E 69. And uh, yeah, the, that's pretty much where I'm putting out any information. Uh, all the, the the records available on any streaming service, if you just type in Kukuni, K-U-K-U-N-I, you can find it on Spotify, YouTube Music, Apple Music. You know, it's 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 out there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, any final shout outs you want to uh, put out there or, or anyone you want to uh, shine a light on? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Zoe and Mike of Liquid Culture. Everybody go follow Liquid Culture as well. Uh, it's, it's a new record label based on, you know, promoting the psychedelic experience, which, you know, I think is so... I thought it was really important for me to kind of discover who I was and what I wanted to do. And, and then, yeah, shout out to, shout out to everybody just growing weed out there. Honestly, y'all are the real ones. And uh, I'll say shout out to Archive Seed Bank and Mean Gene from Mendocino as well. Those, I, my genetic library would be nothing without those two. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Willie Christie of the band Kukuni and, uh, uh, growing, breeding, and experiencing the uh, uh, ex- mind expansion of psychedelics. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, definitely check out the music. Uh, check out uh, com. And uh, thank you very much for being on the show. Of course. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. And uh, we will be back with more of Grow Bud Yourself after these messages. Hey friends, I just want to let you know that friends don't let friends bring clones home. You don't know what the phenotypes are. You don't know whether there's pests or disease on those clones. The only way to really truly guarantee you're growing the phenotype of choice is through seeds. And the best way to get the seeds you want is through Seeds Here Now. Established way back in 2010, Seeds Here Now has been satisfying customers with the best genetics from the best breeders in the world. Pretty much anyone you want, they've got. With an average rating of 4.8 stars, Seeds Here Now is one of the most trusted and respected seed banks in the world. And Seeds Here Now is the only seed bank with a satisfaction guarantee. Plus, Seeds Here Now offers regular deals on seeds. Just click the On Sale tab on their website to see that month's deals on a variety of incredible genetics. And if you sign up for their email list, you'll be entered to win free seeds every time a Seeds Here Now email goes out. And... Grow Bud Yourself listeners can use the promo code GBY10 for 10% off anything on the site. So check out SeedsHereNow.com and get started on your own dream garden. All right. Welcome back. Uh, Thank you to Willie uh, Christie of Kukuni Music. Check them out. Uh, Very trippy, very ethereal. Uh, very interesting uh, musical journeys uh, to go on while you're super duper high, uh, which I de- can definitely appreciate. <laughs> and I think you can. Yeah, too, or like, huh? I guess when you're in the grow room, maybe. Maybe the plants like hearing it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure the plants would love it too. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's exactly that type of vibe. Very mellow, um, but also, you know, uplifting and, and, and 
chill and you know great and it's awesome just to to talk to a cultivator uh also who has you know other artistic pursuits and things like that um definitely interesting stuff so keep an eye out for that um yeah so this is our cultivation segment um oh i should also mention we are doing a giveaway another giveaway with seeds here now uh our friends at seeds here now are going to give free seeds Uh, i believe they are still going to be the auto uh guavas from loud seeds Uh, i think it's like a three pack or a four pack uh but uh those seeds are going to be given to uh a random group of people you have to be a, a u.s resident so uh u.s residents please uh follow seeds here now uh i believe it is on instagram uh shn underscore seed underscore bank so shn underscore seed underscore bank uh is seeds here now on instagram you have to be following them you have to be following uh grow bud yourself which is basically just at grow bud yourself um, and comment on the post for this episode, episode 108. Um, not my post, not the Danny Danko post, but the Grow Bud Yourself post. So on the Grow Bud Yourself uh, Instagram, just comment on why you think you deserve uh, free beans from Seeds Here Now. Uh, you, I'm not sure you, if you can tag them in the post or not. I, I think we had an issue with that uh, last time. So rather than tagging them, just uh, use the hashtag uh, hashtag seeds here now and um, hashtag grow bud yourself if you're interested and anyone who can follow all these instructions <laughs> <laughs> will be likely to probably win a free pack of seeds if you are in the US so basically follow grow bud yourself uh, follow seeds seeds here now at shn underscore seed underscore bank and uh, mention in the episode 108 post that uh that you're interested in, in winning the free seeds and uh, I will be in touch. We had three winners from episode 106. Uh, hopefully they will uh, tag us in a post when they get their seeds. Uh, just to make sure you guys understand this is a real deal. Um, we aren't like faking the funk. We're actually going to get you the free seeds. So, uh, and we really do appreciate having sponsors um, that are willing to give stuff away uh, as on our Patreon, if you go on our Patreon and, 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 uh, follow us there, you get free, uh, stuff from sweet leaf nutrients and all kinds of cool free, free stuff. So really do appreciate you guys doing that and, uh, sponsoring us over there. Uh, and we've got tons of cool stuff coming for you guys, uh, exclusively and in advance of anyone else getting that stuff as well. So yeah, this is our grow segment. Uh, we had, have not been a fortnight, so we have no strain this week, but I do have a subject and my subject is basically the easiest way to get growing right now. Uh, I know we talk about like all kinds of more complicated uh, subjects and I know that the cost of entry to growing your own cannabis can be daunting. I mean, it's certainly uh, at least four figures. In most cases, it's it's at least probably a thousand dollars or so uh, to get a light and a tent. And you know, not everyone has the capabilities, but pretty much everyone has a windowsill. Um, and if you have that, you can actually get growing today. And what I mean by that is basically all you really need uh, to actually harvest a, a decent plant is sunlight, 
uh, air, water, and you know the basics. And if you have a decent sunny windowsill, preferably facing south, uh, if you're in the northern hemisphere, then facing north if you're in the southern hemisphere. But if you are uh, in the northern hemisphere and you have a decent windowsill that gets a decent amount of sunlight, uh, that is a wonderful place to get started. And all you really need is some auto-flowering feminized seeds. Um, this is the easiest and simplest way to get started. You just plant auto-flowering feminized seeds. Uh, you can get those from Seeds Here Now uh, and a lot of other places, but I recommend them for sure. Uh, you plant those seeds and put them in that windowsill. You would certainly benefit from uh, additional lighting, obviously, because even a well, uh, you know, very sunny, well lit windowsill is not going to get, you know, the 18 hours of full sunlight that you would need uh, for a plant to thrive. So if you can hang a uh, fluorescent uh, light, in that windowsill, in that space, uh, that will also supplement the amount of light that your plant receives. So basically the plant's getting sunlight anytime that the uh, windowsill is sunny. Uh, but then, you know, certainly nowadays, you know, in this early spring, late winter, uh, you're not going to get the amount of light you need. So if you can just flip that fluorescent lighting on, uh, around you know 6 p.m. or so as the sun's going down and then let that uh, be on the plant for an extra you know four or eight or so hours however much you can spare basically it's a fluorescent so it's not very expensive uh, but it's also in your window so you know uh, make sure you're doing this in a place where it's legal but like here in New York where we are it's legal to grow six plants right now like if you have your medical card you can do it today uh, all you need is those feminized autoflowering seeds. Uh, you don't have to worry about them being male. You don't have to worry about, uh, you know, the lighting schedule as far as uh, making sure there's 12 hours of darkness for the plant to flower. Basically, as soon as the plant gets uh, about two, three weeks old, sometimes maybe it'll take a month if it's a more sativa dominant auto. Uh, it'll just automatically start flowering. And the lighting schedule, the ideal lighting schedule for autos is basically about 20 hours on, four hours off. Uh, some people will do 18 hours on, six hours off. Uh, but it really doesn't matter. You could practically go with 24 hours on if you wanted to. Uh, I wouldn't do that just because I do think the plant needs to rest. But uh, you can, and the plant will flower. And basically, um, the ease of autos and feminized autos in particular is just that you can plant them and you could basically just walk away and you know 70 to 90 days later or so uh, you harvest and you can do this literally in a windowsill so uh, if you especially if you have supplemental lighting without the supplemental lighting yeah you'll get some flowers and you'll get uh, a decent you know harvest maybe a jar full or so uh, with the supplemental lighting, it'll certainly be increased. But the key to this is basically just uh, a nice, light, airy soil. Uh, you can start in a small container, obviously, even like a 16-ounce uh, bar cup, you know, like the, the red beer cups that you get at a keg party. Um, fill that up with some nice, loose, airy soil mix. Uh, get it wet, then uh, put your seed in there. 
And basically, now's the time. I mean, now's the time to order the seeds. Uh, and basically, you know, you want to be planting them basically, you know, mid-March or so, uh, early April. Uh, and uh, and then three months later, or even less than three months later, you will be harvesting plants. So basically, mid-summer, uh, early summer, uh, end of June. Uh, those plants will be ready to harvest and you can do it again, plant them again and uh, go another three months and, and harvest another plant. This is literally the easiest way. You don't need fans. You don't need lights. Uh, I mean, aside from just the fluorescent light, if you're going to do that as supplemental and, uh, and you know, it's almost like having a house plant. You're not expecting too much out of it, but you're going to get something cool and you could certainly get uh, a good amount of nice frosty buds out of a windowsill plant. So for those people who don't want to get the tent, they don't want to have the light, they can't necessarily uh, convince their significant other or roommates or whatever that this is something that they should be doing in, the, in their apartment or their home, uh, this is a wonderful way to understand how the plant grows as well. So you can use this knowledge in the future when you do go a little deeper and you do get a tent or a, a grow box of some kind. Uh, you'll, you'll understand the cycle, the way that the plant grows in the vegetative stage and then moves into flowering. So basically that's, you know, that's the easiest way to get growing. And right now is literally when you'd want to be ordering the seeds to start this process. So you'd want to order the seeds around now. Uh, you basically would want to plant the seeds depending on where you are, uh, either in late March or early April. And, uh, again, you don't have to worry about the light cycle. You don't really have to worry about any any of the things we usually talk about, you know, air circulation, controlling the environment. Uh, the plant is only going to be alive for barely three months, if that. You know, you're talking about uh, 70 to 90 days or so from planting to harvest. So there's not a lot that can go wrong. Most of the mixes you get, uh, you can pretty much you just use plain water, uh, through that whole cycle for the most part, if it's like a good, uh, decent mix with like decent nutrients mixed in that are going to be slowly time released over, over a period of time. If you see the plant going slightly yellow, you bump some nutrients up, but ultimately this is the cheapest and easiest way to get growing now. Uh, and I wanted to just get that out there for people who are just now realizing, okay, it's legal for me. I've got my med card or, uh, it home grows legal in my area, but I don't want to commit fully to uh, purchasing a tent, setting up a tent, setting up a light, having the fans and all the, the commitment that comes with an actual indoor grow. Um, this is basically the windowsill grow that you can't expect too much out of, but you can also learn a lot from. So I hope, uh, hope you guys will get interested in, in doing that. And I think, uh, you know, getting some auto flower feminized seeds is the easiest way to get started and do it literally in like a windowsill. All right. Awesome. Yes. Very good advice for getting growing now. Something that uh, everybody can do in the legal cannabis states. Okay. So we have now made it to the question and answer portion of the program. And uh, if you have a question you would like answered, get in touch with us. As always, the email is info at growbudyourself.com. But don't forget, you can hit us up on Patreon, uh, also on Facebook, on the, uh, the social medias. So get in touch with us with your questions. And we are going to start with a question from Chase. 
This comes from Facebook. He writes, uh, Hi, y'all. I'm a home grower in Oklahoma and a big fan of the podcast. I have a big question. I guess everything is bigger in Oklahoma. Um, I have a big question. I know where to get seeds, but I can't find anywhere that will sell one or two seeds of each genetic. I'm an outdoor-only grower with a plant limit of six mature plants. I would like to grow four to six different strains without having to purchase a pack of seeds for each strain. Do you have any advice on this? Thanks a lot. Keep up the awesome podcast. So, yeah, Dan, what would you say here to Chase? Yeah, well, um, I don't know of any places that really sell seeds like individually, like one or two. Uh, but our sponsor seeds here now has five packs of seeds, which uh, I think would come in pretty handy. Uh, some of which are under $30 on their website. Um, so if you actually go on seedsherenow.com, they have uh, under $30 strains uh, tab. They have uh, new flash and pre-sale tabs. And pretty much a lot of the different strains that they have, they have the option of either five or six packs instead of the typical like 10 or 12 or, or more. Uh, you know, keep in mind if they're regular seeds, uh, you're going to get about a 50, 50 chance of, uh, males or females. So you will be discarding some of them as well. So if you buy a five pack, um, there's certainly a possibility that only two of those are going to be females if they're regular seeds. Now, if they're feminized, obviously they should all be female. And if they're auto-feminized, they should all be auto-females. Um, but there are lots of options out there for just a couple of seeds. Another thing is, I mean, look, if you buy a 10-pack of seeds and you store the seeds properly, uh, you can grow those seeds the next year. Um, just store them in a cool, dark place. Uh, you can even put a desiccant or some rice or something along those lines just to keep them from... Uh, exposure to moisture and those seeds will will stay viable for several years if they're stored properly so uh you don't have to immediately plant uh, every seed that you purchase uh and you know especially if you end up finding an amazing strain uh that you grow out one year and luckily now hey you know you have that you know eight or ten or so seeds left of the pack that you already bought um, so I wouldn't, you know, worry too much about uh, about ordering extras if you did end up with extras. But uh, I should mention, like I said, that our our sponsor seeds here now does have those five packs. Um, any less than that, I think you probably have to buy them directly from someone who was a breeder uh, in that case, or make them yourself, uh, which is also a possibility. You know, you just have to do some research and figure it out. But you can always. Uh, once you get started and you have a strain that you love, uh, you can also work out ways to continue to grow that year after year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I wish you good luck and uh, keep up the good fight there in Oklahoma. I'm, I'm amazed to hear how many uh, cultivators and growers and dispensaries and everything have popped up in the state of Oklahoma, which is really incredible because it was once thought of as one of those places where you would never – never see it go legal and uh and there's a lot of great agricultural uh you know growers and and, and people there that are doing doing great work so thank you uh chase and i hope that helps you out all right excellent thank you very much chase and yeah there's uh, there's some states that you wouldn't think uh would be 
would be okay with the cannabis. Oklahoma, Virginia comes to mind, but it's great to see these states crop up. Uh, thanks, Chase. Keep us posted on the grow. Let's let's move on here to Jordan. This isn't so much a question as it is uh, just a uh, uh, just a shout out to the podcast generally. But uh, Jordan writes, "Hey, fellas." I started listening to your show about two weeks ago at 106, and I've made it down to 53 as of today. So I guess he's going down. Um, I drive about 8 to 14 hours a day, and I've learned a lot from you so far. I just wanted to say you guys are awesome, and I definitely appreciate the handwritten card. The little things mean the most. I think he's referring to uh, when he, when you join up on, on the Patreon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get uh, some stickers and a card from us. Um, thanking you for your support of the show and you get a grow bud yourself stickers, uh, grow bud yourself card on grow bud yourself stationary. Very no impressive. less. <laughs> and that's at the lowest level. That's at $4 and 20 cents. Uh, you get that. If you go on higher levels, you end up with, uh, free nutrients, free, uh, clothes, uh, gear from sweet leaf, uh, a free copy of my book signed as well. So, uh, lots of different options, and we do really, truly appreciate our Patreon support. Yeah, the highest level, we actually come to your house, just kind of hang out for a little while. <laughs> um, okay, so Jordan continues, um, uh, I just got a 2x4x5 tent and uh, set up. I have two clones on the way and two seeds germinated. It's sort of my first time properly growing. It was cool to hear you guys also talking about being blocked because I feel that I'm definitely like that. And I've only heard from one dispensary worker in Colorado mention that when I talked to her a few years ago. Uh, in that, he's referring to our conversation about people who aren't able to feel the effects of edibles. Yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, you run run into someone. We had a coworker uh, at High Times, Malcolm, who you know, no matter how many edibles he would eat, was nothing. unaffected and he felt fed. nothing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and we tested it. You know, we we definitely put put him to the test. Uh, and and yeah, every once in a while you meet someone, and for whatever reason, their body just doesn't process cannabis in that way, and it doesn't affect them. Uh, so it's interesting. But I do think it's like one in right. several thousand people, because uh, most people get pretty soft, including me. Um, and everyone's got the story of eating too many edibles <laughs> at some point. We'll tell some of those stories on the show. But, man, uh, we call that pulling a moto. There you go. Maureen yeah. Dowd. The brownie. <laughs> you, you have a glass of Chardonnay and eat, you know, ten times what you're supposed and then to write eat about it. in uh, milligrams. <laughs> uh, For people who don't know, that's uh, Maureen Dowd from the New York Times. Her She's, you know, a pithy editorialist. Uh who ate some edibles in Colorado and uh, proceeded to have a little bit of a freak out. Indeed. Uh, so in conclusion, Jordan just writes, um, I'm sure I could think of plenty of questions, but I'm going to listen to the rest of the show so I don't ask you something you've already talked about. I just wanted to say I appreciate your info and to keep up the good work. So thank you very much, Jordan. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, and certainly appreciate, you know, listening to the show so you don't end up asking something that we've already mentioned. That's that's some Medication. forward thinking right there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Gotta love it. So thank you. Thanks for supporting us on Patreon. And uh, yeah, you got a bunch of shows to catch up on. And uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully they help out. And then you'll have uh, you'll you'll catch up with us here on uh, 108.
Absolutely. Okay, so thank you, Jordan. Uh, let's let's get to a couple questions here before we call it. Uh, and let's go to Steve in NYC, and he writes, uh, "What are the ideal strains to grow in newly legal Northeast states?" And just so people know, uh, they may not know. Uh, the Northeast in Connecticut, you could grow uh, six plants beginning July 1st, 2023. So that's coming up. In Maine, you could grow three mature plants. Massachusetts, uh, six plants. New York, as you mentioned earlier, um, it's six plants, 12 per household, but only three or six mature. But uh, medical patients can grow now. Recreational growers still have to wait those uh, 18 months, I believe, after the first dispensary is opened. Rhode Island. Right. Uh, three mature plants, Vermont, two mature plants. So only New Jersey and New Hampshire in the Northeast are illegal. All the other states, you can grow some amount of plants. Yes, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I mean, as far as strains to grow, I mean, obviously indoors, you can grow pretty much anything if you control the environment properly. Um, now, if you're talking about outdoors or greenhouse, um, you certainly want something that's pretty resistant to powdery mildew, uh, something that's pretty strong. Uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, resistance to pests, for instance, as well. And also uh, something that doesn't have a super long flowering time. Uh, if you're in the greenhouse, you can extend the flowering time a bit uh, for sure. But if you're outdoors, uh, New England typically has some pretty rough uh, Septembers and Octobers uh, that can do some some damage to your plants. So um, you want something that will finish in 60 days or less, I would imagine, um, another thing you can do is grow autos earlier in the in the year and harvest earlier in the year. Uh, I would go with strains basically uh, from Canadian breeders, for instance, like uh, from the Pacific Northwest. I mean, basically, we have a very similar uh, season. Uh, a lot of rain towards the end, a lot of uh, um, humidity towards the end, and that's what you kind of want to avoid is bud rot and powdery mildew and, and all the issues that arise um, when you got a plant that hasn't finished and it's still, you know, mid to late September and you're, 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 you know, worried about frost at this point. Um, so basically I would say you want uh, a indica dominant hybrids uh, for the most part. Uh, you can go with autos as well. You can actually grow, grow that twice. Uh, you can harvest twice in one, you know, spring and summer and fall kind of period if you do that as well. Uh, but lots of like the tried and trues, I would say, like skunks, uh, white widow, um, northern lights, for instance, as well as one of those that uh, finishes pretty early. So, yeah, basically, I would say, uh, you know, a lot of the tried and true uh, strains and some of the more sativa dominant, longer flowering thinner leaf finicky strains you may want to either avoid growing or if you're going to grow them make sure you're in a greenhouse where you can actually extend the season long enough uh, to finish those plants uh, and that's what i would say for outdoors and greenhouse indoors you know feel free to grow any strains you got uh, because you control the environment and you can grow anything that thrives pretty much anywhere by ensuring that it, it uh, has the environment that it enjoys all right excellent so thank you, Steve. Uh, let's just do one more quick one here. Um, this comes from Jimmy G, and he writes, What's the ideal flushing time period? Also, is plain water okay, or should I be monitoring pH during the flush? What do you think? 
Yeah. So, you know, I would say the ideal flushing time is two weeks uh, as far as, you know, if you want to really make sure uh, everything's kind of leached out uh, as much as you can. And as far as pH, I mean, if the pH is anywhere near 6.5, you really don't have to worry about it. If it's way out of range, if it's, you know, 7.8 or if it's 5.1 or something like that, um, that's a little extra. And that way I would certainly uh, try to get it closer, as close as I could to 6.5 before flushing. But most plain water uh, is not going to be way out of range. Now, I mean, I have certainly heard of uh, some well water and certain reservoirs being at like 8.0. So definitely a little extra alkaline. Um, And with acid rain, certainly there's some that could be 5.0 or lower. Uh, But we are not really making sure that the plant can, can take in nutrients at this point. You're really just trying to leach out excess nutrients. Um, so pH isn't quite as important during the flush as it would be during regular uh, nutrient feeding times. Uh, I would just make sure it's not way out of whack. So anywhere near 6.5 is good. Uh, anywhere above 8 or below 5, I would say I would adjust and get it closer to 6.5. Uh, but I wouldn't worry too much. The key to flushing really is just making sure enough water flows through your growing medium and there's actually water coming out of the bottom of the medium. And you can test that for pH and for parts per million and have an idea of how much uh, actual excess salts are being leached out of your medium and your plant. And the plant will start, you know, fading and showing fall colors and that's fine and that's okay. Um, that actually just means there's less chlorophyll and green, fresh uh, the, you know, the stuff that the fresh green taste that you're trying to get out, uh, with the flush and with the proper dry and cure. So I would say two week flushing period, um, pH as close to 6.5 as you can get it. All right. Excellent. Thank you, Jimmy G. Thanks to everybody who wrote in. Uh, as always, if you have a question you would like answered, get in touch with us. The uh, email is info at growbudyourself.com. Uh, We're actually going to take a a bonus grow question over on Patreon. It's going to be about testing THC levels at home. So join us on patreon.com slash Danny Danko for a bonus grow uh, question from episode 108. Uh, But in the meantime, how about we take a little break, come back and wrap this one up. Let's do it. Hey guys, I want to tell you about one of our favorite sponsors, Excelsior Extracts. Outcast and TOH from Excelsior are incredible people, incredible growers, and they make an amazing product. Their THC-infused pain rub is made by patients for patients, and it provides powerful relief from pain. This product was developed to treat Outcast's chronic pain, and trust me, this is a super potent topical that really works. You can find out more about Excelsior on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts. That's E-X-C-E-L-S-I-O-R-E-X-T-R-A-C-T-S. DM them there to learn more about their amazing pain rub. And don't forget to tell them that Grow Bud Yourself sent you.
All right, welcome back. We are here to wrap it up. Uh, I want to thank our uh, guest, Willie Christie. Check out Kukuni Music. That's K-U-K-U-N-I music.com. Interesting story there. Uh, A lot of interesting cultivation stuff as well. I want to thank uh, Jacques and Winstrong. I want to thank you guys for listening and supporting the show. Uh, And speaking of supporting the show, uh, I want to thank Seeds Here Now. Uh, go to seedsherenow.com. Use the code GBY free ship for free shipping on all of your seed orders. Uh, Sweet Leaf Nutrients. Danko15 is the code there for 15% off at sweetleaf.com. That's S U I T E L E A F.com. Uh, Excelsior Extracts. Uh, I want to thank them for their incredible THC infused pain relief rub. Uh, I want to say I uh, was at the celebration of life. Uh, for Elaine last weekend, and it was an amazing, uh, amazing event uh, where we really did celebrate her life and uh, got together with a lot of family and friends and had an amazing time. So sending our love out to Tommy and the family and everyone at Excelsior Extracts, um, thank you for everything. Thanks for all your support and love and uh um, truly appreciate everything we've learned and, and, and gotten from you. Uh, thank you to Prime Superior Inoculant. Um, the code there is PS420 for 15% off on their amazing plant inoculants and all kinds of other products, uh, including sprays, drenches, um, and the new cloning honey. And if you want to learn more about them, uh, check out episode 91. We spoke with Dr. Paul Rushton and Todd Young of Prime Superior. I want to thank Vapor.com, our affiliate. If you want any kind of consumption stuff, uh, rolling papers, vaporizers, glass uh, smoking devices, uh, CBD stuff, check out Vapor.com. Use the code GROWBUDYOURSELF20 for 20% off everything site-wide. And that includes the brand new Puffco peaks and and the desert and all the amazing products that are are out there the volcano and uh all the portable vapes um want to thank you guys uh that support us on patreon um that's patreon.com slash danny denko please uh join up if you can please just even for four dollars and 20 cents a month uh we would really appreciate your support uh all of you youtube subscribers and everybody else out there who loves the show and supports us Thank you. Uh, Keep on following us on all our socials and supporting us. Don't forget the free seed giveaway from Seeds Here Now. And uh, let's put this one in the books.